Meg, did you just say Jesus Christ X-Wings about yeah. what I think you said yeah. Yes, I did. I'm so They're so not wrong. Cool. <laughs> what They're are, not what they saying? No, it's, we'll you get will there. find we'll get out there. later. Yeah. Don't, okay. don't scroll okay. to the listener responses. Don't scroll just, oh, okay. I won't. I won't. Let it be a surprise. Let it happen. Okay. Um, let, let this happen to you. God. Okay, I will let this happen to me. Uh, <laughs> I have so many regrets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's on the record of me just going, the fuck X Wings, <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that in front of the episode and hard cut to the music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tonight, I'm Rogue Quadrant. <laughs> Jesus Christ, X Wings. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six standing by. Rogue Seven standing by. Rogue Nine standing by. Rogue Three standing by. All right, <clears throat> but for real, tonight on Rogue Patron, oh, to be a fugitive Ithorian called down to the forbidden mother planet to tend to semi-sentient trees, the black serpent-like tentacles of the dark side, Alexa, play sabotage by the Beastie Boys, and I think we're alone now. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 23, Mission 7, Episode 182 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we'll be finishing up Jedi Academy Trilogy Book 2, Dark Apprentice by Kevin J. Anderson. Woo! It's been a journey through this book that has had very little plot, uh, but any plot there is happens in these last four chapters. A little so- plot, a lot, lot of happenings. A lot of happenings. Everything happens so much. In these it's last chapters. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Woo. But we know it's been like, I don't know, like a couple weeks. Um, so here is a quick reminder of your hosts. Ash, Rogue Nine, would oh, sorry, I skipped one. <laughs> if Seth Rogue Seven was a horror movie series, she'd <gasps> be Jeepers Creepers because Seth has the best peepers and is also a farm cryptid. <laughs> yeah that's fair i like that i like that also i like the name i'm really glad it brought in the peepers (laughs) i love the peepers it's been a while for the peepers it's been a while ash rogue nine would be the final destination series because they (laughs) would have like the weirdest accident happen at home with like instruments or power tools and everyone's like how could this happen but also what (laughs) Also, Ash is extremely creative, and so is Death. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Heath Rogue 3 would be the Friday the 13th series because it's like the 80s nostalgia summer camp of hanging out with your best friends forever. But oh no, there's a uh, murder. Also getting murdered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh shit, there's a murder. 
And Danny Roxix, who is unfortunately unable to join and hopefully not because all of their came counselors are getting murdered, uh, would be the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but mostly the latter half because it just gets really silly and weird and not really horror movies anymore. <laughs> oh my God, it gets so silly. <laughs> yeah, Wes Craven's just like, whatever you want to do, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I love late game horror series. Truly, they do not care. My, the late game Friday the 13th is some of my favorite horror ever. So funny. Speaking of a oh, late game. Wait, no, wait. we have a Meg. Oh, there's I'm a Meg. Meg. I do this every week. I'm so <laughs> sorry. And I'm Meg Rogue Leader. And I would be the Purge series because I think it should be completely legal to murder terrible white rich people without any repercussions. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Speaking of terrible rich white people, I have a question about Star Wars. Oh, oh boy. boy. Yeehaw. So um, I saw a picture of George Lucas recently where he was just being a regular dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know what you think George Lucas has been up to recently outside oh. of sitting in Australian food courts. What <laughs> 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 has the cryptid George Lucas been up to lately? Oh, what has he been doing recently? Yeah, what has that man been doing? I think he has been filming, like, movies. I think he's been making movies, like, nonstop, uh, but nobody sees them <laughs> except He's for not him. letting anybody see them. <laughs> he's not letting anybody see them because he knows what happens, but, like, he'll play them. I assume he has, like, one of those home theaters that's, like, actually a home movie theater. Play them at parties. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, he'll invite, like, Steven Spielberg over, um, and, like, they'll watch his movies together. <laughs> Aw, Spielberg would be like, you're doing great, buddy. You're doing great. I should have done this years ago. <laughs> Mine is kind of similar, and it's that he has been spending all of his time making his own special editions of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I was like those. in secret, just fixing the things he thought needs fixing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think he's been writing secret fan fiction just for the hell of it. Not yeah, necessarily I, just for Star Wars, just yeah. in general. My answer was he's just writing like Star Wars and Indiana Jones fanfic. <laughs> oh my god, he's absolutely writing Indiana Jones fanfic, yeah. <laughs> he tried to send Steven Spielberg a script and he was like, no. He's like, fine. I'll publish on three. You're done with this. Go retire. And George is like, you don't, this is a galaxy brain take on Indiana yeah, Jones. <laughs> The aliens if, return. I was about to say, what if Indiana Jones had even more aliens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The aliens take Indiana Jones with them this time. Um, his his ET's family. Yeah, it's a crossover. It's a Steven Spielberg like multiverse. Yeah, it introduces the Steven Spielberg crossover. cinematic universe. Yeah. Oh my god. Jaws is there. Um, <laughs> All of it. All of it. Um, his his AO3 name is uh, Lord Gukas. <laughs> Lord Gukas. I hate. That is such I a Star it. Wars name, though. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Lord Gukas. Oh, it's that. all wrong. <laughs> I regret ants uh, asking this question. <laughs> I feel like God. Oh my God. 
how does one make a pseudonym on AO3? <laughs> I'm going to change my AO3 name to yeah. Gorge Lucas. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an AO3 account called Gorge. Sorry, Lorge no, Gookus. Lorge Gookus. And only post Star Trek fanfiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's truly amazing. What? I'm sorry. I just, I looked up my AO3 and I got the message that says, hi, it looks like you just logged into the archive for the first time. That's not, that's not right. That's it's not, not even correct. the first time today. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Anyway, um, I'll figure that out later. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's finish this little space romp that we have going on. Oh, yeah. um, oh, I did the AO3 and I forgot my fucking profile picture is vision with blue face paint on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Cursed. <laughs> Cursed. <laughs> apropos of nothing i'm sorry <laughs> ah, so chapter 31 wedge and kwai's doki doki date um moma nadon provides them with an open air speeder and some good intel on where to go sightseeing when kwai asks wedge why he didn't let moma nadon guide them wedge blushes and says that he wanted to be alone with her uh, that would be a red flag from anybody except Wedge and Tilly. Yes. Yeah, which is the only one I would accept. If anyone else did, I'd be like, okay, I'm getting out of the speeder. Thanks. Bye. No, bye. I don't want to be alone with you <laughs> on this planet we're not allowed to touch. Um, they fly out to the Baffor trees, which are the trees of Ithor, semi-sentient, and their intellect rises as the forest spreads. Um, so it seems a little like similar to the clam library that we already experienced on Mon Calum. So that's cool. Um, so obviously these are the best aliens in this book. Uh, so part of the forest has been destroyed by turbo lasers uh, previously, not recently. Uh, but they see that the Baffor trees are slowly growing back. Kwai spots four Ethorians on the planet and asks about them since it's forbidden. Wedge racks his brain and explains that some Ethorians feel a calling from the mother forest for them to turn down, to come down planet side. It must be very strong and clear pull since they can never return and are basically fugitives for the rest of their life. Um, but that's a small price to pay to be caretakers of Ithor. That's so fucking cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, that is one cult that I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I that's a cool cult. It's a tree cult. I'm it's a it. tree, it's a tree cult. Like, it's fine. Wedge then takes them off to a trio of waterfalls, which is fucking delightful. And Moma Nadon had even given Wedge some intel. I use that again, on a spot inside <laughs> the waterfalls where it was okay for them to land. And Wedge planned a whole waterfall picnic. So, like, goodbye. That's it's so that's cute. <laughs> it's truly so cute. He even brought him little ponchos. Like, all right, oh, ponchos. So cute. <sighs> At the end of the day. Wedge deserves a good date. He'll never get one for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, 
Um, at the end of the day, they're back in the hallway between their staterooms. At the end of an exhausting day, Kwai stood outside her vine-covered stateroom door on the Tafanda bed. Wedge looked into her indigo eyes and shuffled his feet. Thank you, Kwai said. This has been the most wonderful day of my life. Wedge opened his mouth and closed it three times, as if searching for something to say. Finally, he bent forward, touched her silky mother-of-pearl hair, then kissed her. He let his warm lips linger on hers for a long moment. She pushed closer to him and felt delight surge through her. And now you've given me one more interesting thing. She said in her quiet, musical voice. Blushing, Wedge backed away from her and said, Uh, I'll see you in the morning. He turned and practically fled back to his own seat. Okay, but like the wedge opened his mouth and closed it three times is so fanfic. It's so fanfic, but it's also very real. It's very real, but it's beautiful. Um, So everything's going to be great now, right? Yeah, they're going to be happy together forever. Yeah. Well, the bliss of being kissed by the humble hero of the galaxy, Wedge Antilles, is short lived. Because when Kwisak enters her room, there's a dark man who rises to meet her. She's unable to call for help, and as the dark man approaches her, she recognizes Kip Duron. Fuck, Kip. Uh, Kip. Oh. (laughs) My bad. I got mad about Kip. (laughs) That's fair. Kip tells her that she knows too much and that he won't let her knowledge create another Death Star or Sun Crusher again. His hand around her skull is almost enough to break it, and he leaves then as ominously as he rose. Uh, the next morning, Wedge, having no fucking idea, is jauntily sauntering across the hall, <laughs> excited for an exotic breakfast and another day of sightseeing and maybe more kisses. Um but when Kwai doesn't open the door after he knocks, he gets worried, even more so when he finds her door is unlocked. Worst sign. An unlocked door. Not good. Worst sign. Not good. Kwai is huddled against a wall, sobbing, clutching her feathery hair as if she was afraid of losing it. After Wedge goes to her, it takes her moments to place his face. Is that Wedge? <laughs> that's how i say it, that's how you say it. she became new zealand <laughs> oh no kip what have you done to her <laughs> um she then collapses into his arms explaining that she can't remember him and can't remember most of her life it's all gone yeah any fondness <laughs> i felt for kip at the start of this book is well gone it's gone it's gone <laughs> this, this dude this guy oh my god he him. sucks. Um, Kip lands back on Yavin 4 in the dead of night. He has no interest in seeing any of the would-be Jedi or the cowardly master Skywalker. He just needs to access the focal points of the temples Exor Sensei built in order to channel the power of the Sith. The jungle quiets with him around as if they know that he fucking sucks. Sorry, <laughs> 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 I forgot I wrote it. 
Uh, he climbs to the top of the Grand Masasi Temple when he hears cheering in his head from long dead Sith, which is fucked up. Yeah, that's how you know you're making a good choice. Right. But for don't don't you remember? Kip is Kip knows that he's being manipulated, but he's only doing what he wants to do, and he's not really fall into the dark side <laughs> he's so fucking stupid so stupid uh he's ready to take out his enemies and it's nearing dawn as he gets to the top the moon having a quick rotation he thinks about how he saved everyone from Quizux, how he's going to strike out in poetic justice by resurrecting the sun crusher and destroying the empire with it as Yavin, the actual sun, drifts overhead, Kip reaches out his arms and asks Ensar said sorry. Well, I think I was drunk when I wrote these. Ask Ensar <laughs> Sensei for help. Um, in the show notes, uh, I put Exar Sensei Taskete, which means save me, and then Exar Sensei Mioni Guy, which is Exar Sensei, please. Um, <laughs> uh, Kip can feel Exar Kun probe his mind, help him focus the power of the Sith to find the indestructible spot within the sun. And when he finds it, Kip is tempted to use brute force, haha, to drag it back to Yavin 4. But Exarkun helps him instead to go inside the actual sun crusher and like use the force to just pilot it, um, which is very cool, if not unimpressive. Um, and... Um, when it arrives, it's perfect and glistening and ready <laughs> for Kip. Um, Arigato Exar Sensei. Uh, so oh Luke, God. Luke, surprise, wakes up with nightmares. <laughs> Bro, like why he should have felt that. Yeah, dog. <laughs> Dude, you're can I master this fucking insane Sith shit happening not far <laughs> away from you? Literally in the on the building that you're sleeping. Ah, <laughs> uh, terrible. So then he uses the force to check in on his students, and they're all asleep, but like too asleep. And then he feels the twisted dark side of the force surrounding the temple. So he goes to retrieve his lightsaber. When Luke reaches the top of the temple, he's stunned by the sight of the sun crusher. What the fuck, Kip? <laughs> <laughs> this goes against all of the Jedi teachings. Yeah, because Kip learned all of the Jedi teachings <laughs> in those two days he was at the Academy. Kip has learned zero Jedi teachings. <laughs> uh, Kip, of course, sasses him back, uh, but Luke begs him to turn away from the dark side. Um, Kip has secondhand embarrassment from listening to Luke. And he says that he's stunned, that he's stunted, that Luke has stunted the growth of all of his students because he refuses to risk himself. Uh, and Kip says that maybe he should just defeat him here and then take over, that Kip should just defeat Luke here and then take over the training of the other would-be Jedi to just make a whole bunch of little Sith babies. Um, which, that's enough to spur Luke into action. <laughs> And he Finally. ignites his lightsaber. Uh, and Kip doesn't have a weapon. So Luke continues to try to talk him out of what he's doing, bringing up the point that even that Kip even said that the sun crusher shouldn't be used. But he, 
Kip sends out some ripples in the force and they cause Luke's sabers to extinguish as a dark shadow emerges from within the blade. I have a lot of spilling errors in this one. Um, <laughs> please meet Kip's mentor, mentor, mentor. mentor. I'm so sorry. Mentor who's not a mentor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a half minotaur, half centaur. <laughs> Listen, I've been thinking a lot about Minotaurs recently, okay? Uh, XR Sensei is there now. Luke drops to his knees, overwhelmed by fear and pressure, and Kip and XR Kuhn start force lightning him over and over again. Um, And Luke knows that he's not going to prevail and welcomes the coolness of the flagstones and the black of unconsciousness. I don't even know what to say about this. Should Luke be giving up so easily? <laughs> yeah, dude, you've been through so much by this point. Surely you could get through this. He's been force lightninged repeatedly before. This isn't exactly a new sensation for you, Luke. No, dog. Anyway, that's a bad sign. But that's okay, because we're going to go over into the Cauldron Nebula where Dala has pulled an all-nighter because she was too hyped about their new purpose. The basilisk is all set up with skeleton crew, self-destruct, and a resigned Captain Moonoir. (laughs) He's so unhappy about this. He does not. He is done. Uh, Dala promises him that history will remember his bold sacrifice, and I don't think he actually cares about that anymore. (laughs) Also, I'm not sure that's true. No. Meanwhile, Kip is approaching the Cauldron Nebula. XR Sensei told him where he could find Dala and rid the galaxy of her and start on his Imperial Purge. Yikes. When he gets there, he sees the two triangles of the ships and feels delight in the irony of destroying them with their own weapon. Someone needs to play ironic by Alanis Morissette for Kip. Kip pauses briefly to think about Dyer, his homeworld, and about playing in the sun and the lakes with his brother Zeth. And he thinks about peaceful Alderaan. And he thinks about how he was sentenced to death because Dala didn't see a use for him. And then he decides Dala deserves no warning. So he starts powering up the Sun Crusher, knowing exactly how it works after purging Quizux's mind. He sends off the torpedoes i don't know um, and the, we, the fucking fancy torpedoes from the yeah foot, the really fancy torpedoes. yeah um, this thing is weird yeah uh and we find out that it'll take a couple hours for them to burrow through the nebula and like start the chain reaction of these stars exploding as kip slowly pilots away to safety he sees that the star destroyers start moving he can't let that happen they have to stay there they got to get blown up And so he goes in and he starts hassling the ships and taunting Dala. Dala, foolish enough to take the bait, tries to capture the Sun Crusher with a couple TIE squadrons and the tractor beam. It doesn't really work, but Dala at least starts to suspect that there's a reason why Kip's here. Because why would he be engaging with them if he doesn't have any weapons? 
It's then that one of the Gorgon's bridge crew picks up unusual readings. Dala finally recognizes them as Kip using the Sun Crusher and that he's trying to trap them. She orders them to turn around and get out of get out on any vector since they lost their lock, lost their lock on Coruscant. But as the hyperdrives start to power up, the stars explode. Oh boy. Yeah. Kip is smirking because he knows they won't be able to leave fast enough. He starts to leave, shooting straight out of the nebula and knowing that the armor will protect him from the worst. He sees the basilisk be overtaken by the explosion and cause its own mini detonation, no doubt from the rigged hyperdrive. He watches as the Gorgon is engulfed in flames before his view screen goes dark. Why do I have a feeling that the Gorgon's going to survive this somehow? Because this is book two of three. (laughs) 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 And after his view screen is back up, he sets new coordinates in awe of the power of the Sun Crusher. He has everything he needs. Negative. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It doesn't seem good. It's not. Like, I agree that the Imperials should probably die, but the, 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 the path he's on doesn't seem good. Yeah, and I don't know if blowing up, like, entire stars and planets really makes you better than, like, the Imperials, you know? No, it kind of just makes you the same. Kind of kind of makes you suck, too. Yeah, <laughs> blowing up celestial bodies seems to not be a good person move. No, I mean, even... You know, even if like there aren't any other like populated planets or anything in the re in like the area, you're still kind of fucking up with space by blowing some stars up. Yeah, those guys took so long to be created. Right, and you just with the respect. There's no respect. Kip has so little respect for anybody. Oh god, that's so true. Only Han Solo, and even then. The, it's, uh-huh. it's a very tenuous respect. <laughs> it is. Uh, back on Yavin 4, Sighal wakes up for a new day at the Jedi Academy. <laughs> so oh, excited. No. <laughs> she's only been there for like a few days, but she's already learned quite a bit, finding it easier to learn as more time goes on. When she gets into the dining hall for the morning, she notices that the students all seem to be like really uneasy and kind of dour. Uh, And she notices that Master Skywalker isn't there, but he's usually the first one there who welcomes all of them to breakfast. Well, that's kind of cute, at least. Yeah. Um, Doris Gady one is fine, (laughs) although I bet he feels really stupid right about now. Um, He's, it's not his fault that he, that, that he's lost two friends, you know? Yeah. It's not his fault. But I know he probably blames himself. Um, Dorsk, talk to some of the unnamed Jedi trainees. <laughs> um, being the only adult in the room, Sighal gets her food and then turns to everyone and asks what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and I know that like everyone there is technically an adult, but she's the only one who acts like one. She really is. She's an ambassador. Like she knows what she's, she's doing. She's 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 got a proper adult job and everything. Yeah. Um, and then strain my poor little meow meow. <laughs> I just really like strain, okay? 
um, stands up and says that it's too quiet, that he can't hear Master Skywalker and that something's wrong. It's too quiet. Uh, Tiani runs into the room saying that she's found Master Skywalker. All of the trainees get up and run after her, some more athletic than the others, um, like Kirana T from Dathomir. And <laughs> they go to the top of the temple and see Luke on the ground. Sighal pushes her way through and cradles his head, trying to get a sense of what's wrong, what's happened. He's breathing, but it's like when she goes to find Luke, like Luke as the, his soul, uh, it's just a huge empty spot inside of him. Uh, and oh when God, the they students... slurped his soul out. Yep. Exar Kud <laughs> slurped it right out. Don't, no, I'm not, not a fan. Slurped. That idea or the phrasing or. But he slurped it. Um, <laughs> I don't love that, uh, but you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes uh, that's just what happens to you, uh, which is just really unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so when a student asks what they do now, Sighal dramatically replies with, we are all alone now. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that's book two in a series what 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 a way what a way to go isn't that so fun <laughs> love it oh boy so what what does what does everybody think of uh of that <laughs> uh it was fun to read it was very fun to read I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know what? That's really fair. It was very fun to hear you all talk about it. I don't know what happened. Because <laughs> someone didn't read back. <laughs> Kevin Janison is a really fun writer. He is. I will give like, him that. Like it's there were a lot sure, of really good moments in this book. It's for sure for entertainment and like not to take too seriously (laughs) the idea that this was the canon at some point is really funny canon um (laughs) this was everyone's canon that's really really funny yeah (laughs) yeah this was what star wars was yeah um so that's great for everybody involved so I'm excited. I'm actually really excited for book three um, because I remember loving book three and it making me cry on the bus. Um, I so am so sure I'm going to enjoy book three. I'm I'm excited. Uh, should we slurp our souls out with some listener responses? <laughs> slurp, slurp it out. Let's just slurp them away. Let's, let's do just it. Slurp all of our worries away. <laughs> Last week we asked. Last month, I think, at this point. Which Star Wars character's flesh would you use to harvest new children? I forgot that was that question. <laughs> um, X-Wings in History said, I think Abla Marlboro, the opera singer from Canto Bite that looks like a fucked up carton of eggs, would be ideal for flesh harvesting. 
because I'm reasonably certain that's how her spe- species actually reproduces. And there's oh my a God. horrifying image. This is what this is what I said. This is what I was responding to earlier. <laughs> um, it's, are it's those eggs? <laughs> they might be eggs. Are those I mean, like eggs ready to hatch? Like right I, now? I would like to let it bigger? be known that I had to step away for a minute and I sat down <laughs> and the first thing I heard was, are those eggs <laughs> coming from Meg? Oh, so Welcome to Rogue Padre. <laughs> That's horrifying. Like you only see her for a split second in the film, so I've never had to stare at her for a lo- prolonged time. And Are I don't they like eggs, it. or is it like twelve boobs? She's got the titties. I right don't out. like the assumption that those are breasts. <laughs> Because then that means that she produces milk. <laughs> and she's, definitely, she's definitely she's definitely if what if this creature just has a bunch of kids and in order to breastfeed all of them, you gotta have like 12 boobs. <laughs> Which people can see how viscerally uncomfortable I've just made Meg. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There's fourteen visible ones, but I'm pretty sure fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. There are some hidden behind the one. Nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. There's at least twenty-two. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. She's got those weird, like, yeah, crabby legs happening. So it's it's a lot. Is all I can say. Oh no, it's a lot. Yeah. I, I can't believe that's the flesh that you would choose. Just because the problem there is that you have to come up, you you get a new one of these, right? Yeah. You just you just right. you just made another one. This species is an insectoid sentient species found in the galaxy. They were born from eggs, which were initially kept in the female's egg sacs. Uh, oh my god, the egg sacks? Are there is more this eggs? On the the eggs? Are those all egg sacks? There's more so. eggs? Wait, is this canon? I think it's canon. Oh, <laughs> Keith, Jesus move on. egg sacks oh all hanging out. Wow. Excellent. Thank you You've really outdone yourself this time. <laughs> you get a glistening something. You get a glistening egg sack for that. Yeah, glistening egg sack. Yeah. Brooke said, since these children specifically have to be harvested from the flesh of my enemy, I'm unfortunately stuck with Borskphalia's flesh children. No. <laughs> these Bothan babies will be adopted by Gavin and Asir so that they are raised right with the intended side effect of infuriating Borsk. Oh, <laughs> that's both sweet and horrific at Wait, the same time. Wait, turn that around to be just really wholesome. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> also... Real terrifying. whiplash of answers to this question so yeah. far. <laughs> I think Adam our Ashford listeners said, are going through it. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> Adam Ashford f- said, Django Fett, they already made an entire army out of him, and that turned out pretty well. Yeah, pretty uh, well. That turned out pretty well. For is... whom? <laughs> For nobody, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, nobody really. For Palpatine. I'll give you that, yeah. He ended up dying. He did end up and dying, he... but that was quite a while after. Yeah. It was a delayed, delayed consequence. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that really. (laughs) 
Jay said, my answer is Dorsk 81, except since they're not proper clones, you'd have to name them Dorsk 812 and Dorsk 813 just to be extra confusing. Also, I forget, have you guys made a Dorsk 69 joke already? And if not, why not? Because we're we stupid. We're idiots. Yeah, we didn't think We of must it. have. It's too obvious. I don't know why we did it. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like we had to have, but. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember making one. No. Oh. I don't think we it have. It doesn't feel right, but I, oh, I think fools. we missed we're that fools. one. I think we missed it. Yeah. I can't believe this. <sighs> Wow. Thank you, Jay. Glistening for... Borgellas to all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oof. And Aww. Dylan said, I'm having the hardest time deciding on the listener answer because I don't want to be a parent, so who's going to take care of the flesh-harvested children? <laughs> I'm not in the mood for going Victor Frankenstein on these creations and abandoning, abandoning them to the whims of a cruel galaxy. We already understand from the clones of Django Fett that it's not like we'll be creating straight-up copies of whomever is the flesh donor, mm-hmm. so we won't be replacing someone lost. There'll be individual people with their own personalities and wants and goals. And you know what? I just remembered in the middle of my moral dilemma that Kiati Mundi's species is endangered and they are actively looking for new kiddos. He's my chosen flesh donor. <laughs> Let's spare the asexuals in their population a fuck or two. I love that it's literally sparing them a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Great work. No notes. Perfect. on that no, no. one i'm giving no, everybody no. a body except for x-wings <laughs> x-wings got x-wings got the egg sack yeah x-wings gets a glistening egg sack yes these are great these are some great options. these are really oh god <laughs> we're not sorry to do this to you but thank you for doing this back to us yeah thank you for doing it right back at us uh see that's that's the joy of us doing a horrible glistening question they have to listen to us but then we have to listen to them yeah no. truly <laughs> it's fair and this week we are asking. I think this week question. we can we can ask. Um, this week we should ask what extremely minor change does George Lucas do to the sequel trilogy yeah. <laughs> in oh his God, special yes. editions? Like yeah. we yeah. don't not full plot changes people, yeah. but like a McClunky, like yeah. <laughs> just like a George Lucas change, a you George know? Lucas change where he's yes. like the Ewoks blink now. And we're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know what the Sarlacc tet, the Sarlacc pit needs? A beak, and it's like, why? <laughs> this, was, this was unnecessary, but thanks for yeah. adding, I guess. Yeah. So, like, George Lucas makes you go, why? Changes. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I um, need to think about this one honestly. I know what yeah. mine is. Um, okay. Okay. Mine go. is mine is to put human hands on the end of the Rathtar's um, tentacles. <laughs> horrible it's nightmare fuel <laughs> Meg why because that scares me <laughs> and George Lucas would do it because he thinks it's funny and I would go why <laughs> hands like if there were hands that were moving them around at the end of the day oh that's so bad that's so horrible you know, you know in like horror movies where like you think you ran through a door and you're safe but then you see like hands grab on to like the the edge and but like imagine they're like just 12 of them because it's a rat star like mine on the end is like a lot of tentacles fucked up mine would be uh dash rendar ship is just there for some reason yet again (laughs) 
Oh God. No Dash Rendar, but just the ship. Just the ship, because the ship is in Phantom Menace. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is, George Lucas, you fool. <laughs> Mine would be that Snoke is actually like 10 inches tall. You know how like when you first see him, it's this giant projection. You're like, wait a second, is Snoke a giant? And then he's just a normal dude. I want the opposite. I mean, he's a pretty where, like, big dude, but he's not a yeah. giant. Yeah, yeah, where like but he's, he's a giant thing, and then they show up, and he's like this tall. Just forced perspective. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he got Peter Jackson to do all of his holos for him because he's an expert at forced perspective. <laughs> 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 what if Snoke has a giant body double? Are, are you saying Does the existence mean- of slightly larger Snoke? Much larger Snoke. Much larger Snoke. Does that Much mean that when we see Pickle Snoke in Tross, it's just a bunch of tiny little Pickle Snokes inside? Yeah, no, they They're gradually go up in size. Yeah. <laughs> They're the, 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 I forgot what like the, the tiny mini pickles are called. Like pickle, pickle, gherkins? No, they're, they have a fancy bougie name. Hey, Maya. What are the tiny pick? What? Corny shots. Corny shots. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> or gherkins. Thank you. I was correct. <laughs> I don't like Amer like your Western style pickles, so I would never know. <laughs> Woo! So, so. No, I need to think about this one. I really do. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I have a lot like... of goofy, I have a lot of goofy sequel trilogy stuff. But oh yeah, no, yeah, it's me. It's my turn. Um, that's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so you can answer our listener question on Twitter at roguepodron. Our email address is roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. Uh, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash roguepodron, where you can join our Discord and chat to us and say whatever ridiculous things you want. Um, you also get episodes early. And sometimes you get exclusive content. We do that sometimes, actually, surprisingly. Um, we also have some milestones to make. Like, we will do a musical episode. We will what make me watch uh, Empire Strikes Back, finally. Honestly, the su- like the people get to decide when I watch Empire. It's up to the people. <laughs> and uh, you can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher, Leave us a review on iTunes and maybe a rating on Spotify if you feel like it. Uh, we love them. Thank you. Meg. No, oh, I know. I was waiting for Maya to close the door. She took the dog out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could say I'm going to edit all of this out, but let's be real. Listen, let's this be is, real. We're a slice of life podcast. We're a slice <laughs> That's, that is that's what we are. It's about the mundane moments in it's between. About, that's where you really get to know us. Yeah, that's how we. That's how you create a parasocial relationship. Yeah, that's how. That's what everybody gets for um, telling us how much they like the vibe of our camaraderie. <laughs> this, is, this is what they get. You get us you get existing in vibes. silence together. Yeah. Uh so. Next time, shruggy emoji? Stay um, in the squad- squadron? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. We'll uh, yeah. We'll probably do a goofy uh, 
Oh, goofy... should we go some Glove and Darth Vader shit, huh? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but we'll let you know what's happening next time. We always have to have a little palate cleanser season and then we'll have um then we'll probably move on to book three of the jedi academy trilogy champions of the force Um, yeah that sounds like a book three (laughs) so with that this is rogue padron signing off pash out um and then i forgot to put in the dramatic reading after i said dramatic reading (laughs) so give me a hot second here (laughs) i'm so sorry um oh shit where is it Oh, please talk amongst yourselves while I do this. <laughs> uh, so we've got Quizags. Um When I first read the books, before we started talking about her, a quarter sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, Betty. <laughs> In my, well, no, I didn't think she sucks. It's just how the name read to me. Oh, okay. And then eventually I realized, oh, that's a weird way to read that name. Yeah. I think some of the Jedi called Qui-Gon that behind his back. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the whole, the, the, uh, I was going to make a reference to the cosmic force, the other force, but I forgot what the other force is called, so fuck it. I think. Living force. Living force. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We got there. I'm a Star Wars fan. I think Mace Windu said it to his face probably pretty often. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think at one point Mace Windu has gone, hey, Qui-Gon, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't need. He's, he is not one to mince words. <laughs> he wouldn't need a cute, uh, cute way to call him names. You just say, yeah. you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, Qui-Gon probably said the same thing back at him. Oh, yeah. No, the, you know that Vine or that video where there's just the two guys flipping each other off in the street? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.